Hello, Voyagers, and welcome to the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast. This is episode number 267, and this is going to be the last one from New Mexico. That makes me sad, but the next big trip is Europe, and that's really exciting. So hopefully I'll have a lot of cool stuff coming to you from there. This one was recorded in Moriarty, New Mexico, and my guest is a professional bull rider named Scotty Knapp. Now, we were going to record this a couple days earlier in like the Santa Fe area, but Scotty was competing and he was tossed by a bull and his legs snapped in half. Man, he's such a stand-up guy. Like He sent me a picture of the X-ray and everything to show that he wasn't just trying to get out of recording. And then I was like, hey, I'll drive on down to you if you're feeling up to it. So snaps leg and all, we still recorded this a few days later. Now, bull riding is a world that I knew very little about. And obviously, as a top-ranked professional, he knows everything there is to know. So it was cool to pick his brain and to learn about his profession and his lifestyle and to see the the place that he's living. Man, it's so much fun doing this. I love like just the diverse range of people I get to meet. Uh, it's awesome. You can go to the show notes for this uh, episode. And I have one link, and he talks about this. He's got a Facebook, but that's really it. You can also go to some of like the 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 pro sites and see the rankings and things like that that we discuss. But I'll link to his Facebook so you can find out more about him and where he'll be once he heals up. And I've also got a link to my Patreon account. That's a subscription-based service where you give monthly and you can get things like stickers, shirts, postcards from around the world, cool stuff like that. If you're not able to do that, hey, word of mouth works. I'm having a great year with downloads, which is so awesome. Uh, So the more people you tell, hypothetically, the more downloads I get. And that's awesome. So uh, thanks for tuning in as always. I'm going to stop blabbering. Please enjoy this conversation with Scotty Knapp. All right. Well, first of all, thank you for having me here. Um, it's always a treat to actually be in the physical location. We were talking about like doing remote episodes and I don't know, it just feels different when I can actually like look at someone, shake their hand and, and be where they live sometimes. So I'm quite fortunate. So thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And I've done this literally in like all sorts of settings, um, like basements, size of highways, cafes. Uh, this is pretty cool. Like we're, we're really out uh, in farmland here and we got mountains in the background. I know oh, people yeah. can't see it, but uh, it's really beautiful. No, so you, thanks. You're on the country here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like we have to start with this. Like I had this sort of sequence of questions in my mind, um, but we were going to record about a week ago 
And a day before we were going to record, I got a message from you. Um, hey, man, I snapped my leg. Uh, so I, I feel like we have to talk about that. Like, what happened? Oh, well, uh, I was on this bull, and, and really it was a bull I should have rode. And, I, you know, bull riding's a game of inches, mm-hmm. so to speak. And uh, just made a mistake, and I come off and hung up to, to the bull, which means you're... Your hand gets stuck in the rope, and it kind of flips over. So he's dragging me around, but I'm on my feet, and he kind of turns. And when he does, you know, both my legs go underneath him, and his back feet just come down and basically stomp me loose. And then he comes back over the top of me and hooks me, you know, kind of throws me across across the way there in front of the bucking chutes, and I can't move. I mean, you know, legs snapped in two. I already knew it. Were you terrified? I mean, like, that is so crazy. Uh, I guess in a sense, not really terrified, but I'm just like, get me out of here. You know, <laughs> just, <laughs> just help me. <laughs> and this is like, this is in competition in Arizona? Yeah, this was at a PRCA rodeo in Lake Havasu, Arizona. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, that's a beautiful area. I mean, <laughs> it's the only second time I've been there, and usually I'm in and out, but I don't know if, that I'm going back. <laughs> like, how deep into the competition was it? Well, the bull riding's usually at the end. Like the uh, a rodeo starts with like bucking horses, and mm. they get into timed events, and then the bull riding's at the end. You know, they want to sell the show and keep everybody around. You know, it's kind of like NASCAR. No one wants to see a wreck, but if it happens, they don't want to miss it. Yeah. You know? So, oh, but this man. was the second day of competition. So you ride one day, and I think there's like three or four days of it. Was it on? Uh, was this being recorded, like on TV? Uh, it wasn't on TV, but uh, it was on the Cowboy Channel app, so you you could so stream it live, it. and it, it might still be on there. Oh my know. god! I mean, you probably wouldn't want to see it. I I saw it. my wife had a video. Really? But, uh, she didn't send it to me, otherwise I'd show it to. You, but okay, it's kind of one of those things. Like, I don't know if I want to watch this again. <laughs> well, you sent me the X-ray. And it's it's literally in two pieces, like it oh, just yeah. snapped. Yeah. It, oh my God. It was a. They called it shattered, but I, when they said that, I'm thinking in pieces. Right. But I mean, to me, it's just a break, you know. <laughs> I've heard though that that that's actually like better than hurting, like than tearing a tendon or something like that. Uh, well, they heal quicker. Yeah. You know, I mean, tendons, you're gonna be out six to eight months, depending on your recovery. You know, but a, a bone, shoot two to five months, usually depending on how bad it is. I mean, it could be worse if it's, you know, in pieces. That's a different story, but... Is that how long they, they gave you? Like two to five months, probably? Well, they told me I should be walking normal by about two months, but they said by four months I should be completely healed. So I was surprised. <laughs> in a lot of ways, and I'll probably keep drawing this analogy, but in a lot of ways it reminds me of like mixed martial arts fighting or boxing, because like this is also how you make your money. And then if, if you're hurt, you can't compete. Um, does like the PBA or like the PRC or anyone like provide like healthcare or help out with this kind of stuff? Yeah, so they, they provide us insurance. Usually, if you have insurance, that'll kick in first. But regardless, you know, it's more of a secondary insurance. But they'll they'll help you out there. And then uh, they have the Justin Cowboy Crisis Fund and uh-huh. as well as the Western Sports Foundation. So if you get injured, uh, you know, they'll, they'll help you out financially with your bills more than anything. You know? Wow. Do most guys do this as like their primary source of income or do they have a, uh, you know, a second job or something? Uh, if you, usually if you're a professional, that's your main source of income. There's, wow. there's a few guys, you know, they'll just like circuit rodeo, which is 
you know, you're designated a circuit in your state, so to speak, so yeah. turquoise, Arizona, New Mexico. And they just kind of go on the weekends. They work full-time jobs, but majority of us, you know, we're year-round traveling, I mean. Wow. So, so, you know, you ain't riding, you ain't, you ain't making a living. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're, you're born and raised in New Mexico? Yep. Right here? Uh, not right here. Okay. Actually, <laughs> uh, my grandpa lived two houses down from here, the the place down there with all the stalls and horses. Okay. That used to be my grandpa. So when I was 10, I, I uh, lived in that house. But I grew up in Albuquerque and then okay. uh, Stanley, which which is about 20 minutes up the road here. So it's uh, pretty close to right here, actually. <laughs> a really wild house down at the start of the block. Yeah. Like with the big columns and everything. Uh, that guy and his dad built that house. Really? It used to be a rumor that a girl got lost inside of it. But <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's it wasn't wild. true, though. Okay, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> so did you uh, did you know at an early age that this is what you'd be doing, or did you think you'd be doing something else? No, this is, uh, this is what I always wanted to do. But really? About three years old, this is what I knew I was going to do. Uh, I started riding sheep at three, and my dad was riding bulls at the time. Riding sheep? Yeah, so they just strap you on a sheep and Whoa. call it entertainment. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know like um, a lot of riders come from like Texas, Utah, I think the Dakotas. Is there a big culture for it here in New Mexico? It used to be a lot bigger. I mean, uh, Western lifestyle is pretty big in New Mexico. Mm. As far as bull riding, it's really died down. Mm. It's not as big. When I was a kid, it was huge. Like, really? Oh, yeah, it was huge. And there's world champions come out of here. You know, several of them. Wow. But, it, you know, probably last 15 years, it slowly just died. And now, you know, it's not very big. The roping's real popular, timed events. Of course, ranching, farming, all that's big around here. But Why do you think that is, though, that it's kind of died down? Uh, I think people just don't want to raise their kids in it. I mean, it's mm. dangerous. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you can get into roping. You can make a lot of money roping. Really? It's going to cost you a lot more money, but, you know, it's easier on the body. And you can do it pretty much your whole life, dang near. I mean, costs yeah. more because you have to have horses. Horses, trailers, yeah. diesel trucks, feed your horses. I mean, you name it. The expenses triple or quadruple. You know. Wow. There's a lot of riders from uh, Brazil, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I was looking at the rankings. I'm like, that's really interesting. I didn't realize that. Like, I don't know, cowboying was was big out there. Yeah, there's there's a ton of them, <laughs> and they're you know they come here hungry because they get one shot. Yeah. yeah. Wow. There's actually um, somewhere, and and this I forget his name, but he's ranked really high. There's someone from upstate New York, and I was really surprised when I saw That's that. Probably uh, Dalen Swearingen. He's a, like top four or something, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He's really good. He was—he actually was a high school national champion bareback rider, which is bucking horses. Really? Yeah, but he—he he rides bulls too. Well, now it's just bulls, but uh, that's where his family and everything's from. I think he lives in Texas now, but you know that's oh, okay. He—he he grew up in that territory, so. But he's the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, cool, cool. It's interesting to hear you say that it's dying down. Maybe I'm going to sound like really corny here, but. Uh, I kind of got hooked on the show Yellowstone. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if you would agree with this, but I feel like it's sort of um, almost like repopularizing like cowboy and Western culture in the United States. Like, 
What do you think of that? Uh, I mean, I, I think you're right to an extent, but at the same time, there's a lot of Hollywood involved there, you know, so so they don't get the full real mm-hmm. aspect of it. Like, you know, when you're, you're a cowboy on a ranch, you work hard, sun up, sun down. I mean, and it's not all this drama and stuff, but I mean, it's good entertainment. I yeah. watch it, you know, I enjoy it. <laughs> I was going to say, like, probably on the one hand, um, it's creating an appreciation for the lifestyle and like a refocusing on it. But then you're also going to get like a lot of guys wearing cowboy hats who think they're cowboys who who definitely aren't. I mean, you're definitely right there, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good for the Western lifestyle too. I mean, you bring more people into it and Mm. I mean, where do you think all your beef comes from? Everything. I mean, you know, so, you know, hopefully it builds our sport and, builds agriculture back up. Yeah, I never realized before coming here that there's actually like a fairly big cattle and beef industry in New Mexico. Oh, yeah, it's, it's huge. Well, you drive down the road here, it's nothing but cornfields and, and uh, cows. That's yeah. it. I mean, hay fields, too. You see a lot of hay fields. But. Do you guys get tornadoes here? Uh, as far as I know, we don't, but I'm pretty sure there's been some here. I okay. Know, I know in the 80s, one hit Albuquerque, actually. Not a big one. The city? Yeah, hit hit the mall in, in Albuquerque there. Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. But you go east, you know, a little further east where it flattens out, almost west Texas, but you're still in, yeah. in New Mexico. You'll get them out there. Wow. Yeah. All right, so you, you mentioned that when you were a kid you were riding sheep. Um, is, like, how, what is the process to becoming a pro? Is there, like, a regional, like, local circuit first, or how does that work? Uh, so you got to be 18 years old, but you buy a permit, and it, you know costs about four or five hundred dollars, and you have to fill your permit so you can enter these rodeos. And you might not get into a lot of them, but uh, you know you, most of them are going to be smaller and stuff. But you enter these rodeos, and you got to win. I think it's like fifteen hundred dollars or or something to fill your permit. So pretty much you can buy a permit and you can call yourself a professional but really, really? I mean it's just like well some of these guys shouldn't be yeah, shouldn't yeah. be there you know majority of them should but but uh yeah once you fill that then you buy your card and that starts your rookie year when you buy your card and and you know just goes from there <laughs> how old were you when when you entered uh, I was 18. 18. I started with the PBR, the professional bull riders first. And then uh, when I was 19, I bought my permit with the PRCA. And I kind of bounced back and forth over the years, but now pretty much all PRCA now. Those are like the two biggest, right? Yeah, they're they're like the pretty much the only two that are really, you know, where they crown world champions, you know. But PBR is strictly bull riding. The Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association is... You know, a rodeo, it's roping, barrel racing, bucking horses, steer wrestling, you know, bull riding. They do it all. I think it may have been, it might have been January, but I think PBR was in New York City at Madison Square Garden. No, you're right. Were you there or not? No, I wasn't there. No, I I haven't been with the PBR since 2019, I think was last year, maybe 20. Okay. Like the beginning of 2020 is kind of when I... Went back to rodeo and how do you um how do you train and practice? Like <laughs> I, I, I would imagine like I don't know, it, you can't just like go find a bull. Like like how how does that work? 
You know, the sports revolutionized a lot. The Brazilians had a big part in this. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. They they took it from being drinking, loving, fighting cowboys or just, you know, dirty, rotten, tough to now you're an athlete, you know. Yeah. So so for me, like, I go, I work out every day, you know, if not twice a day. We have bucking barrels and stuff where you can, you know, work your technique and your form, fill the time in. And then, you know, we got friends and stuff. They have practice pins and, and practice bulls. So, you know, it's a lower level bull that you can, you should ride every time, you know, but it just helps you to work your fundamentals and everything and get your timing down and build your confidence, so to speak. Whoa. Like how, like I keep, again, like in my mind comparing this to like mixed martial arts fighters, I think probably for like the danger factor in it, but like, like how long each day are you training? It, it depends on the day. When I'm on the road, it's it's not as frequently because mm. we're going. You know, you might go to five rodeos a week sometimes. Really? Sometimes more. You might you might hit eleven days straight during the summer. You know, where you're where you're just hitting rodeos every day. So d- during that time, you're not really training, but you're riding every day. So that kind of is your preparation. Wow. But uh, whenever I'm home during the winter, let's see, it's uh you know, I work out about two hours during the day. I do a lot of physical therapy stuff just, you know, to be proactive on, on top of old injuries and stuff. You know, a good day I'll put in five, six hours, you know. And, and if I'm really working hard, we'll put in eight hours a day, you know. Wow. Yeah. Riding barrels. We, we ride horses, too. You run drills on horses just bareback without a saddle and stuff. And, and there's a lot you can do, you know. Is the idea to try to stay as light as possible, like kind of like a jockey? In, in a sense. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be too heavy. I mean, but you don't want to be just cutting weight, cut weight. But, you know, you find the weight where you're comfortable at. Mm. But it's all it's all balance, reaction timing, and counter moves to the bull, you know. But, I mean, it's in a split second, you know. So it's got to be sharp and fast, you know, explosive, so... And you're, the hand that you're gripping with, like, are you constantly doing, like, forearm stuff? No, no, not really. Really? You, you can never overpower yeah, that's true. an 1,800-pound <laughs> animal. I mean, it's all technique, you mm. know, and, and balance. If you're in the right place at the right time, I mean, you're just, you're going to be where you need to be. You get out of timing with that bull one time, I mean, you know, he, he's probably going to buck you off more than likely. I mean, you can make corrections and stuff. They, uh, they like, cinch a tight strap or something like that to sort of, like, irritate the bull. Is that why it's really trying to buck you off? No. So it's a big misconception. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know where this rumor came from. So the rumor is they it's called a flank strap, mm. and it goes around the flank of the bull is what you call it. But it'd be like going around our waist, you know. What it is, it's a pressure point, and it, uh, it makes the bull kick out. Instead of kicking at his belly or kicking at your feet, makes him kick out, which is actually better because if he's kicking at his belly or his feet, he has a, you know, the potential to trip and fall, hurt himself, hurt you, break a leg, break, you know, break his own leg. But the rumor is that we tie it around his balls. Really? Yeah, that's the rumor. Yeah, I, I don't know who started this, but this is, you know, PETA, everybody, they insist <laughs> okay. this is what we do, and, and I promise you it is not. I mean, if you tied a rope around my balls, I'm not going <laughs> to jump and kick, I promise you. And I guarantee you, a bull isn't either. And good luck getting it there in the first place. <laughs> Have you, at different competitions, 
ever been on the same bull? Like, been like, oh no, I know that guy. Oh yeah, I've been on uh, several bulls. You know, the same bull several times. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes you're like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you like read anything? about them before you start like get a feel for them or like like watching other people go um it's a wild animal he's gonna do whatever he Mm. wants but a lot of bulls have you know the same pattern like this bull might go out two jumps and spin to the left you know you might have seen him 20 times and he's done it every time but uh you know we try not to predict that because as soon as you're preparing to go to the left he's gonna spin to the right you know I mean, they're, they feel you, too. They move off, off of, you know, feeling you and, and where you're sitting, where you're at. So, But but they have, like, stock stats. You can look up your bulls. Really? Uh, pro bull stats, yeah, and, and see how they marked, you know, because they judge the bulls, too, and see, you know, how well they marked the bull. Like, say he was marked at 22. Well, you know you got a really good bull, so you got a good chance of winning. Oh. Lower, you know, as you get lower, then it's probably not as good of a bull, so to speak. Yeah, how does the, um, I was trying to figure this out by just watching videos of you. How does the point system work in a competition? So, uh, 50 points for the bull, 50 points for the rider. And highest possible score is 100, which has been done once ever, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a hundred. But <laughs> we're just we're just gonna be blunt about it, you know. Everybody else knows it too. But uh, basically, how hard the bull bucks, you know, the difficulty of riding him, you know. So they'll they'll mark the bull on a scale of zero to fifty, and then the rider, uh, how well you're in control of the ride. So you're you're marked on that. So they might mark your bull a 44, but you're hanging off to the side, so they mark you a, a 30, you know. But I if you're see. in control the whole time, they're going to score you higher than the bull, and that's also going to help you bring your bring your score up as well. And, like, length of time as well? No, it's all eight seconds. Really? Eight seconds, okay. there's a buzzer, and then you want to get a clean get-off. There's multiple judges in it, and then they, they average the scores? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It, it depends on the rodeo. There could be, usually there's, you know, like two judges or a back shoot judge. But, you know, back in the day, there usually, usually was like four judges at times. That's why I say like a 22, you know, each judge is marking the bull and the rider, you know, and then they add them all together. So you got this judge, 22 here on the bull, 21 from this judge, you know, and then it's, it's all changed so much over the years. But, uh-huh. you know, usually have... You know, two judges and a back shoot judge, and, and they score the whole thing there. But Now, I've seen, like, on the PBR, and I, I know you said that you're you're riding for PRC, but they'll have, like, you know, their top 20 ranking or whatever. Is that over the course of a season, or is that lifetime? Like, how does, how does that placement work? It's over the season. Okay. So wherever you're sitting, you know, in the season, you're going to be ranked that high, and... And, uh, you know, season runs from the last, uh, the first day of October to the last day of September. And then it starts over. But they take the top 15 to Las Vegas for the NFR. Oh, and, okay. Uh, so that kind of finishes the top guys off there in December. How does the, the placement in a competition work or the, or the order in which you ride? Uh, it, it just depends on the radio. I mean... Like if they want to sell the show and you got you know you got a good bull, a good matchup, 
you know, they're, you might be last and sell the show with you. Well, I mean, like, let's say there's 10 guys. That's just a random number. Like, what determines where you ride in that order of guys? There's there's not really. Really? Yeah, not really a determination. Like, the PBR, they do that stuff. You know, they'll save the number one guy for the end. But as far as rodeoing goes, uh, they, they can put you however they want. You know, but they usually save a certain matchup for the end, and that's what they want to sell the show with. Okay. This guy on this bull, you know, it's... You know, we're hoping for a 90-point ride and win, and we're going to sell the show, and everyone's excited and makes them want to come back again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Does it matter to you, though? Uh, like, would you rather other people go first before you, or would you like to go first? It depends on the rodeo, mm -hmm. but most of the time I like to be at the beginning. Yeah. Just, I don't like waiting around, you know, then more time to get anxious or start thinking about it. And how many rounds are there? Uh, it depends on, that, on the rodeo it as depends. well. Okay. So, like... Uh, I was in Lake Havasu, it was just one round. You know, it's four days long, different set of guys each day, but you ride one time. Oh, wow. So, like, I was in San Antonio back in February. They give you three rounds, and then out of each bracket, they take, I think it's the top four, uh, back to the semifinals. So then you get another round, and then they take, you know, the top four out of, each, out of both semifinals to the championship round. So you got eight guys in the finals. And then uh, then they do a wild card. <laughs> Dude, that's a lot of waiting around. <laughs> Which is like, you know, guys that made the semis but didn't advance, they give them one more shot and they take one guy out of the wild card. So it, it just depends on the rodeo. Like, I see. A lot of rodeos are different. Some might be one and bring top 12 back, you know, to the finals. I thought I saw one time that... Uh, Maybe it was like your eyebrow or something. Like you split yourself open, and oh, in between yeah. rounds you got stitched up, and then you went back in. Oh yeah, yeah. That was, that was at the NFR in Las Vegas. What happened? So the second round, I got uh, hit in the face, and it knocked me out, and I dislocated my shoulder. I got six stitches. Uh, they had to pop my shoulder back in, and then two nights later, I got hit in the face again. And got another six stitches, and then the next night I won the round after that. Oh, <laughs> That's really hardcore. <laughs> but, I mean, when you go to Las Vegas, you work all year to get there, and it's ten rounds. You got a bull each night, ten rounds, you know, wow. ten nights straight. And and if you're able, you, you compete because you've worked all year to be here. This is where, you know, you make your biggest chunks of money. I mean... What's your body like at the end of that 10 days? Well, that, that year I was beat up. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think the ninth round I even took a horn to the knee, and it was just huge. I mean, I could barely walk. But, I mean, you know, I was hurt. I, I, you know, if there was more, I was willing to keep going, but I was thankful we were going home after 10 days. <laughs> were those your, your worst injuries before the leg? Uh, I mean, the shoulder's been an ongoing injury for me. Thankful, mm -hmm. I mean past you know we're not gonna say it's coming back but so that started when I was about 16 with that I had one surgery 2011 and then uh you know came back and I just kept going and then uh after the finals in 2016 I should have got it fixed so I didn't get it operated on again until the end of 2017 so I mean I've had uh 35 40 dislocations just in the right shoulder alone two surgeries but uh Thankfully, it's been it's been holding up good. But I mean, it's it's hard to say. I mean, that's a minor injury in bull riding. Wow. I mean, it can be life threatening, and Lord willing, we don't find out about it. But 
you know. I'm 35 now, and uh, it's weird seeing professional athletes who are like 15 years younger than me, right, and, and really excelling. You know, in, in the when you're on the back nine of your 30s in a lot of sports, you're, you're sort of like an older vet in baseball and basketball and stuff like that. Um, and then there's some sports where it's just like really a young man's game. Is there... Uh, like an average age in which guys typically retire, you know, think about hanging it up. And it it all, it all depends on the person. Mm-hmm. Now, now, twenty years ago, guys rode into their late thirties, majority of them. Uh, but uh, now it's it's a young man's game. The bull level has you know they're bred to buck, just like racehorses are bred to run. Oh, you know what I mean? So the bull power has just gone through the roof. But, you know, some guys might retire later 20s, you know, uh, some early 30s. And then there's, there's, you know, now there's quite a few coming now that are in their late 30s and still competing at a world championship level, you know. Like in the PBR, the guy winning the world's 37 years old. No way. He's from Brazil, yeah. Wow. And that's where, in my opinion, the athleticism takes over. How well are you going to take care of your body? How well, you know, how well are you going to exercise, you know, eat right, do do whatever it takes to be better every day. Right. You know, instead of growing complacent or, or you know, living in that that mindset of, you know, I'm just a cowboy. I don't need to work out and do the, you know, because you might have a career to 35 years old, but you're going to be gimped up at the end. I mean, you know. Yeah, the parallels, again, to like combat sports is interesting because that, yeah, there was a very old mentality of, you know, just sort of tough your way through things. But now everything's so scientific. It's right. it's interesting to hear that even like the bulls are running off of science. That's interesting. Oh, it's 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 amazing what they've done with the buck and bull industry. Yeah. I mean, it's I don't I I can't get too much I I can go into detail on it, but uh I don't have enough knowledge, uh-huh. you know, it's not my uh cup of tea so to speak. I'm just riding. Yeah. <laughs> Does the PBR ever hold competitions in Brazil? Yeah, they have their own like uh, their own level down there. Well, not, I wouldn't call it a level, but you know their own organization. I mean, it's still the PBR, but it's like PBR Brazil, uh-huh. you know. And and a lot of guys down there will ride and and do good, and then come up here on a sports visa and compete up here. Okay. But they're huge down there, and the rodeos last, you know, it might be like five-day-long rodeo with 100,000 people there last 12 hours Holy a day, crap. you know what I mean? Like, it's a big old party. <laughs> What's the biggest uh, arena that you've done, the biggest audience? Uh, 80,000 people what? at the NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. Yeah. Holy crap, yeah. that's a lot of people. Yeah, rodeo Houston. Most of them come for the concert, you know, but... You know, whoever's playing after the rodeo. Yeah. A lot of, I mean, by the time the bull riding's at the end, you know, everybody's there. And, I mean, it's crazy. It's huge. I mean, you know, it's where the Houston Texans play. Yeah, yeah. You're just mind-blowing. <laughs> are you so, like, hyper-focused that you don't notice the crowd, or are you hearing them? No, I, you know, they're, when I was younger, I was a little, it was, it was a lot harder for me to stay focused because, you yeah. know, bright lights, you know, where I've worked my whole life to be here now, and but uh, after a while, you just get in your zone, and you know, the the world's spinning, but to you it ain't. You're just <laughs> in this moment. You know, they, they call it the zone. You know, that's what sports yeah. psychologists call it. Of course, you're in your zone, 
and you know everything's just stopped you're just doing what you're doing you know nothing else matters (laughs) yeah does that eight seconds feel longer it can Mm. it depends on the ride sometimes feels shorter (laughs) majority of the time feels longer (laughs) the the holding area is called the shoe right yeah buck and shoe yeah we just call it the shoe like okay but shoots but buck and shoe what's going through your head when you're in the shoe really you don't want anything to be going through your head I mean, it's all reaction. So if you can just clear your mind, I mean, you already know what you're doing. So if you can just clear your mind and do it, that's when you're going to perform your best. How do you do that? This is mind over matter. <laughs> I, you know, guys guys try different things, you know, counting your breaths, uh, doing this or doing that, or talking to yourself just to, you know, keep everything else drowned out. Uh, it really just depends. Everyone's got their own little thing, and some guys don't even have to try at it. They just do it. I mean, there must be a little bit of fear still, no? Oh, there's there's always fear. Yeah. If people tell you they ain't afraid, they're lying to you. You know, I mean, it, you're, you're on the back of an 1,800-pound animal, and there is a chance of dying. That's one of the first things you're taught as a kid. You can die doing this. I've seen people die doing it. Like live? Yeah, I had a buddy die a couple years ago in Denver. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the best bull riders in the world. I mean. Oh, that's horrible. But, uh, so you really, really it's overcoming the fear, though. Just pushing that back, blocking that out, and focused on the job at hand. I mean, you came here to win. You yeah. Know? So whatever it takes, you put it all on the line. Yeah, I've heard, like, um, like football players, or, again, even, like, combat sports people say, like, you know, I've done this my whole career, but I don't want my kids to do this. Uh, would you want your kids to do it? That's up to them. I support That's them cool. in whatever they do. But I, only, I have two girls, so okay. I'm, I'm going to say no. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want them to do it, but... You know, they ride horses and all that, but whatever they choose, that's fine. I sure hope they wouldn't do it. Yeah. You know, we're not planning on having any more, but if we did have a boy, if he, you know, wanted to do it, I'm not going to tell him no. I'm going to at least help him and help him do it correctly. Is there a, a league for women in bull riding? There, well, there's a, they call it the Women's Professional Rodeo, so they have all these different events for barrel women to compete. Barrel racing. Uh, Breakaway, which is getting really big, and a bunch of, you know, team rope. It's all women. But there used to be bull riding in it. And uh, the buzzer was actually only, you know, you only had to ride for six seconds. But I think, as far as I know, they did away with the bull riding some some time ago. I don't know how long ago. Huh. But from what I've heard, they don't, they don't do the bull riding anymore. But you'll see some women come out, even professionally. There was a, a woman that... A few years back, and she filled her permit. First, first woman in you know an actual PRCA. That's to badass. Fill her permit, win win enough money to buy her card. Yeah. Wow. So, but very rarely. <laughs> yeah. How how does you know I'm not gonna ask you what you get paid, but like how does how does payment in a competition work? Is it like you know top five spots or something like that? And it's like for each level up, they get paid more. Uh, so for rodeos. The rodeos and PBR, they pay a little different, but the rodeos, so everybody that stays on a portion of your entry fee goes into this pot, and that's called day money. So whether you're 90 points or you're 40 points, if you stay on and get a score, you're getting a portion of that money. Uh, 
depending on how many guys stayed on that day. If you're the only guy, you get all that money, which Whoa. could be could be a thousand dollars, could be five hundred, depending on the rodeo. So some rodeos add say five thousand into the purse, and then portion of your entry fee goes to the pot, and then portion goes to the the day money. So at a you know five thousand added rodeo, they'll probably pay. Depending on how many guys entered, six to eight holes, so to speak. I see. But then you get into these bigger rodeos, they don't even really pay day money, but they pay, you know, each round's going to pay, you know, say like San Antonio, each round's going to pay 2500 to the winner. They pay four spots, and it goes down from there. And then you go into uh, the semis, and that's going to pay a little bit more, you know, another four spots. And then you go to the championship round, and... So to speak, like the winner gets twenty grand. You know what I mean? Like, well, in like Fort Worth, that's how they paid it this year. Was the winner was twenty thousand, second was twelve, I think third was eight. You know, I think they paid four holes in the in the championship round. But most rodeos will pay eight guys in the aggregate, eight holes. Okay. It's hard to break it down because everywhere everywhere you go might pay different. Like they pay by the round and then they pay by the aggregate. You know, so yeah. You might not even place in the aggregate, but you won the first round, you know. I see. Do you have a team with you, like uh, like a coach or like someone that's there in case you get injured or something? No. It's no. just you. Well, usually you got traveling partners. Yeah. But there's very few guys that are going here. So I, last couple of years I've been by myself. And uh, so like this weekend, Lake Havasu, I was, I was by myself and I broke my leg. But, you know, I knew most of the guys there, and, uh, they, you know, they helped me out. Got my vehicle, got my equipment, uh, went to the hospital with me. But wow. you, usually you travel with, you know, one to three other guys, split expenses, you know, split the driving, help each other out. But it's been slim pickings here lately in, in this state, so. <laughs> yeah, you did, like, a, um, a video series Oh, of yeah. you in the in the van or in the truck, who is that with you? So that's my buddy uh, James, but he uh, he actually was riding bulls at the time, fifty something years old. He, Holy I think crap. at forty eight he got on his first bull and decided, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride bulls. I'm always wanted to do this, which that's awesome. Most people don't do that. Uh, but then he decided to make videos, and I needed some help driving that weekend because we were going. I can't remember. I think we went to Kansas, and then we went up to, I believe it was Iowa. You know, I'm by myself. That's really far. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a long drive, so I was like, man, you want to come help me drive, keep me company? He's like, heck yeah, but I'm going to make, I'm going to do some videos. I was like, all right. Of course, I end up riding terrible, and then, then you just feel like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bull riding, you know. One day it's diamonds, next day it's dust. <laughs> Are you just like, you know, into a city for the competition and out, kind of like you're like a touring band or something like that? Majority of the time, yeah. Uh -huh. I mean, I could hit. There's times you'll hit six, seven states in two, three days. I mean. Holy crap. Like you might you might be up in Ogden, Utah, we'll say Tuesday, and then you're up in Salinas, California, Wednesday, Napa, Idaho, Thursday, and then, uh, you know, there's so many rodeos going on. You could be there, come back for the short round in Salinas, back to the short round in Napa, and then next, you know, come Sunday or Saturday, you're in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Well, I mean, you, you, it all depends how you get entered up, but usually you're in and out most of the time. 
What do you do to kill like dead time, travel time? Oh, I, I like to get off in the mountains and go fishing and hiking oh, yeah? and... And I, I like to be outdoors, really, if you have time. Yeah, it's a cool perk and of the job. Now I got a family, so, you know, if I get a few days off, I like to come home, you know. But, but you know, if it doesn't make sense to come home for a day or two, <laughs> you're going to find me in the mountains with fishing pole. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Is there, like, um, it sounds like it. maybe there is, like, camaraderie amongst the the riders, like, that, like, people get together and do something around an event or something like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're like a big family. You know, oh, that's cool. After an event, you know, you might go out to somebody's ranch and, and they might have a little event or they might have a golf tournament and everybody gets together and majority of cowboys like to drink and have a good time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we handle our business first, most of us. Uh you know, it's it, it's like a big family. Everybody helps each other out, takes care of each other. It's uh, yeah, I haven't really seen any other sports quite like it. Uh, yeah, you should do more of those videos. It'd be cool to see like a glimpse into that life. But he he wanted to do some more of it. Uh, I'm not very good with cameras following me around, uh, and just I like to do my thing and and be focused. And then every time you turn around, there's a camera there, and yeah, that was kind of. My thing with the PBR, because, you know, it's also on CBS Sports. Right. So, and I'm not, you know, rodeoing. You don't have that as frequently, but there's always a camera on you somewhere. And and uh, it just, it's hard to stay focused. You turn around, you got a camera here, you know you're on television. So, <laughs> <laughs> Are you allowed to... Um have uh, like private sponsorships when you ride? Oh yeah, yeah. I got I got a couple. Uh, well, never really had any for the last few years, but I got a couple helping me now, and and you know they they really help you. And, and of course, you know you can get sports agents and and get bigger endorsements. Really? The PBR that's where they're real big. Is you know guys signing six figure contracts before they even get on a bull. I mean, Whoa. yeah, it's like like. Budweiser and stuff like that? Like, those are some not, of the big... Not so much. But no. Jack Daniels, Jack they Daniels. sponsored some guys. Crown Royal sponsored some guys. Monster Energy, uh, Yeti, Wrangler. Whoa. Yeah, those are There's, huge companies. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Can-Am, I think it is. There's some big ones. It's like, I got a buddy that... Well, we got mutual friends, of course. But he's really close with another buddy of mine. And, and he's saying he... He makes like three hundred and eighty thousand before he even gets on a bull like, with PBR. Holy so, crap, that's nuts! Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a lot. That's why a lot of guys are drawn to the PBR. I mean, how do you beat the money? Yeah, do you have to be like ranked a certain way, or I guess it's just it totally oh, depends yeah. on the you guy. Gotta be, uh, you gotta have at least one good year where you're yeah. you're in the top five, and and. Probably consistent years more to speak because if you don't do, you know, they might sign you for a hundred thousand this year. You do bad next year, they might only offer you fifty. Yeah, your old news. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the sport of what you've done for me lately. Yeah, I, that's most things, right? Now, rodeo, th their sponsors aren't as big unless you can get private personal sponsors. You know. Have you ever been ranked that high in the, in the f top five? Uh, no, my the best I finished was uh, sixth in the world oh, in 2016. Super close. And I was actually what? sitting fifth just now in the standings when I broke my leg. So no. A little bummed out, but you know, season won't end until September, so we'll have a late push to get back in there. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you said like two to five. Wow. 
Um, Hard pill to swallow. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, dude. It's the goal is to be a world champion. I mean, you, you show up to win, not for a second. <laughs> I know you were so kind when you messaged me because, like, I think you wanted to like really let me know that you weren't lying or something, and you sent me that uh, X-ray. I just felt, and I was just like, dude, you didn't have to do that at all. I just felt bad. I didn't want you to think, that just, <laughs> you know, pulling your leg or. Which actually happens all the time, so I appreciate it. Oh, and you. I figured it probably yeah. does, and I've had other people do it to me for, you know, different circumstances. Yeah. So that's, I was like, hey, just letting you know this is, <laughs> this is for real. Like, <laughs> uh, when all this is done, um, meaning riding, what do you think you want to do? Uh, what I'd like to do, and this is just my vision, you know, well, you look at baseball and football and all these other sports, they have a... Training camps for you know for their teams you know professional athletes. So my goal is, which it it, it could be far fetched, who knows? But I'd like to have like a training, not necessarily a training camp, but a place where rodeo athletes can come and train. You know, they can practice, they can train, they can stay. You know, whatever they need to do. You know, whether it's exercising you know, roping, riding, you know, they can come here. They have a place to do, especially before you go to the NFR because you got about a two-month break before the finals. So you just come in, stay, and, and better yourself. And and especially bull riding, depending where you live, you might not have that opportunity, especially like here in an outdoor arena, it might be snowing and eight degrees outside. I mean, how, how are you going to practice that often? You know, even if it's 40 degrees, it's pretty miserable riding 40-degree weather. <laughs> so that doesn't exist at all? Oh, no, no. I mean, there's a place. The PBR started this uh, place in Pueblo, and the Western Sports Foundation is a big part of it. I think they kind of hand-in-hand. But it's it's like a gym, and, and they got barrels and stuff, but it's all the way in Pueblo. Mm. And get up there you know, I mean you're allowed to go 24-7 if you're a member anytime you're welcome they got cold pools uh, cryotherapy you name it they provide oh, wow. you a lot of services but it's just for bull riding right you know but I want to I want a whole facility almost like a ranch you know so to speak where where I can they can come in and do it all any time of the year of course and also you know if they want to work be a cowboy and just go work a little bit and you know, get back to the roots. They can do that too. You know, it's a self-sufficient kind of place. That's a brilliant idea. And I, and I like to run camps for kids during the summer, because most of your professional athletes are out on the road during the summer. So I'd like to have some camps for kids in the summer. But you know, during the winter, majority of the year, just just for the professional athletes. Yeah, that that it sounds again. I'm thinking. I keep thinking of mix like mixed martial arts. It's like a fight camp or like a, exactly, yeah. exactly. Wow, cool. Now the thing there is just uh, drawing up the business plan and then getting the people to back you on it. You know, I could I could see that happening though. Now that you're saying, I'm like, why does that not already exist? Well, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> they, you know, they want to put us on a on a platform and a level as as a. NFL players and all this, well, why, why are we not having the same opportunities, so to speak? It's understandable the pay is not quite the same because we haven't reached that level. Right. Sort of like nationally it hasn't. Right. But, but yeah, it's huge out here. Um, so obviously we're in New Mexico from New York, uh, and I've been asking everybody that I've had on the podcast out here this question, but 
for somebody coming to New Mexico to get like the New Mexican experience, whether it's food or culture, or, like things they need to see, what would you recommend? Oh, what? what are you? Well, we're going to start with green chili. I'm sure you all <laughs> had some of that. I mean, you got to have green and red chili here. That's that's as New Mexican as it gets. But, uh, <laughs> there's so many things to do in New Mexico. It's, it's really hard to say. I mean, where do you start? We got, we've got, you go to Gallup, you got Red Rocks, you go to Northern, you got mountains, you go to Eastern, it's, it's like, uh, West Texas, you go mm. Southern, it's, you know, just desert. I mean, it's hard to say what, what exactly is the real experience for New Mexico, but I mean, if you, if you've gone to Santa Fe, you've probably experienced a lot of, <laughs> yeah. a lot of New Mexico cult- culture there, you know, it's, and there's, there's all types of people there, you know, but, uh, I can't really pinpoint one to be specific chili that's the main thing. okay like, you gotta have the chili we're just go there <laughs> yeah i get the feeling like a lot of people here um kind of want to like be left to do the things that they like to do and obviously that sounds very basic like oh yeah anywhere but i don't know there's not a lot of like pretension or pretense here like you know there's a very diverse eclectic group of people who just want to like live the lifestyle that they want and not be like fucked with i guess like (laughs) oh yeah it's uh you know they'll do what they want whether it's good or bad (laughs) you know don't don't mess with them they won't mess with you usually until you get down in albuquerque then you got to watch your back a little bit yeah it's tough it's it's gotten pretty bad over the years i mean everywhere nowadays but yeah a lot of it's generational kind of thing. They were raised, their parents were raised in it, so now they're raised in it, and then they raised their kids in it, and, mm. and just, you know, a lot of the Vato gangster mentality, mm. so to speak. But we get outside the city, and and it's, it's not like that. And Santa Fe's not, not as much like that either. Well, that's the two biggest cities in the state, pretty much. Yeah, and everywhere we've driven is just like otherworldly beautiful like oh, it's, yeah. it's really amazing well, and y'all went to Taos I mean it don't get you know it don't get much better than that and Red River and Eagle Nest I don't know if y'all did that whole circle there we I think we did part of it and then like we went up over the Gorge Bridge and, and followed I forget okay. that road all the way up to Colorado and yeah. that ride is unreal like oh, into the mountains that's nice there yeah it, does, it doesn't get much better than that yeah yeah, there's there's a lot of hidden treasures in New Mexico too. You gotta get off the grid and and you'll see it. Yeah, we de- yeah we definitely need to come back. I think to like experience like exactly what you're talking about. All the diversity right. here. Um, okay, so I know you're laid up for a bit, but if people want to sort of like follow along with your journey and like once you're riding again, how can they they find on the internet and all that? Uh, the only the only social media I have is a. There's a uh, business page on Facebook, you know, just Scotty Knapp, uh, S-C-O-T-T-I-E-K-N-A-P-P. And my wife has to help me run that because I'm <laughs> computer illiterate, so to speak, you know. <laughs> That's kind of why I did away with the Instagram, yeah. the personal Facebook, because I just, I couldn't keep up with it. And people are messaging me and then getting mad that I ain't messaged back. I'm like, you, dude, like, I'm, you know, as in... South Carolina two days ago, and I'm in Utah today. Like, you can't expect me to be <laughs> yeah. on the phone and the internet constantly. 
Uh, well, I'll link to that. And okay. then, um, you know, once you're riding again, people can, like, PRC, uh, A has a site, PVA has a site. Yeah. Um, so they can follow along with, with you and with the sport then. Yeah, PRCA and uh, the Cowboy Channel. They Cowboy just, Channel. Uh, started that, I think, it was last year or two ago. And it's just 24-7 Western sports, uh, PRCA events. That stream's online? Online and on TV, too. Oh, yeah, cool, they have, okay. They have their own channel. Just uh, pretty much started last year. Okay. So it's, uh, it's all rodeo and all cowboy-related stuff. Awesome. Well, I'll link to those things. Uh, so whatever player you're listening to this in, I'll have a direct hyperlink to that. Um, thank you so much again. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe we're sitting here after you hurt yourself. So um, I really appreciate it, and I appreciate the time. It's really kind of you. Oh, yeah. Well, I gave you my word, so I you know, did what I could to follow through with it, and I appreciate you having me on. All right. Cheers, man. Thank you. Hey, Voyagers. That is a wrap on episode 267 of the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast. That's it for New Mexico, but I'm heading home and hopefully I will have some new stuff coming to you very, very soon. So thank you for tuning in to this one. Thank you to Scotty for meeting up with me. And as always, Voyagers, please take care of each other. I will catch you very, very soon.